So kiddos, I'm going to try to speak to you guys too, because you've been with us. And I wanted to tell you, you've been doing a great job of being here with us. So this summer, we've been doing a, just kind of a short series, and we're asking people not to preach, but to share. And it's like, oh, that just sounds like spiritual words for preaching, or, you know, like, you know, relaxed words for preaching. But really what we're saying, the difference between preaching and sharing is that sharing really has to do about what God is doing in you and what's going on in your own heart versus, you know, what the scriptures might be saying to all of us. And so I'm hoping that in sharing this morning what God is speaking to me and working in me around this question of how is God saving you now, that you will be encouraged and, and maybe you'll hear the voice of God in the midst of that to you as well. So as we ask that question, what is God, how is God saving you right now? I think Christians can automatically go to uh, what we call the Sunday school answer. Can any of the kids tell me what the Sunday school answer is? Good, they don't know. Awesome. Okay, so how about the adults? What's the Sunday school answer? Everybody ought to go to Sunday school. Everybody ought to go to Sunday school, yeah. Jesus. Jesus is the Sunday school answer, right? So what is saving me right now? The Sunday school answer is Jesus, right? Jesus is saving me right now. It's always right and it's always true, but sometimes I think it's a little bit like the difference between knowing the information for the test and understanding the information for the test, right? We can have it up here with like, oh, Jesus is the answer, but how does that thing work? I don't know. And then I think some Christians will come to that question and they'll go, oh, I'm already saved. It's, just, I'm, it's done. Jesus saved me. So what's this whole saving me language? I don't understand why we're even asking that. And I think that's really, it's, it's a misunderstanding of what Jesus actually does for us. You know, Jesus does save us one time, but it is also a process. That's why Paul in the, in the New Testament says that the cross is the power of God for salvation of people for those of us who are being saved. It's this ongoing process of God continuing to save us. And so we're asking that question, how is God saving you right now? And then the third question I think people are going to ask is, from what? You know, what is it that I'm being saved from? If God is saving me, what is he saving me from? Okay, second Sunday school answer, right? Sin. We just put this big category word on top of it, and sin. God is saving us from sin. But for a lot of Christians, I think what that does is it gives us distance from what God is actually doing in us, right? We can say, oh, God has saved me from my sin. Well, how? Well, through Jesus. Okay, what sin? And then you're like, well, and then you start getting personal, right? And then it gets personal, Each of us has our own sin, our own brokenness. And really to try to compare one another's sin is like trying to compare polar bears and unicorns, right? Both of them are white. Both of them are animals, but only one of them can make rainbows. Right, kids? (laughs) Right? Our, our, Our brokenness, our sin, the thing that we put in that big category is very, very different. So when we come to that question, how is God saving me Right now, I can't apply it to you. I can't say how God is saving the other Jamie in the room. He can't say how God is saving Audrey right now. All I can speak to is how God is saving me, which makes what I'm about to share with you extremely vulnerable. And I am glad it's just you here. I was telling Heidi yesterday, I was like, hey, can I, I got to share this with you because I'm really nervous about this because I don't want people to misunderstand me because this is where God is working in me right now just for me. And I'm hoping that in sharing this, that God is also maybe working some of this in you. So I also just wanted to say about this question that this isn't about how you're saving yourself right now. I think we also get that mixed up. 
uh, in the negative side of things, you know, we use things like bags of hamburgers and cases of beer and things like that to numb the pain of what's going on inside of us. And in a negative way, that's us trying to save ourselves. But then we can do it on the positive, right? We can do it with breathing exercises and yoga and physical exercise and vacations and sabbatical and hiking and all of these really good things where God can meet us, but it can be an effort to save ourselves. So I do want to be clear that this is how Jesus is saving me, not how I'm saving myself. This has nothing to do with my work, and that's what the Bible says. Paul also says that, so that no man may boast. So that none of us can boast that, oh, I did this myself, that it was only God. So coming to the question of how is God saving me? Uh, recently, I watched a TV or a movie called The Shack. And I don't know how many of you have seen it or read the book, The Shack. I read the book years and years ago. And, I, and I, when the movie came out, I said, I do not want to watch that movie. Uh, because, partly because there was a really horrific scene in it that just you know, it made me very upset. But there was also this emotional response to the book that I was uncomfortable with, to be very honest. There was something going on inside my heart that I couldn't identify, and I got very emotional. So I'm sitting here reading the book, and I'm like, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm ugly crying while reading the book. And then somebody invited us to come watch the movie, and Heidi and I, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can go watch this movie. It's been long enough. And I sat in Heidi, with Heidi, and I'm sitting there, you know, I'm really trying to rein it in. I am being extremely atypical male and trying not to cry. And afterward, Heidi goes, so why were you crying so much during that movie? And I'm like, dang it, she noticed. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why. And as I've been processing it and thinking about it and asking this question, how is God saving me right now? I realized that it was this one line in the whole movie that just set me on edge and it says this it's this it's god saying to the main character in the movie i am very fond of you i am very fond of you see i'm already gonna ugly cry it's already happening and and then you talk about other people and you talk about some of the most horrific people that exist and god says i'm I'm particularly fond of that one too and and then the man says is there anybody you're not particularly fond of and god says i haven't found one yet and that just so, like, it just, like, it was, like, hitting a brick wall in my heart as I heard those words. I am particularly fond of you. And I realize it's because I struggle to believe that God loves me, specifically. Like, yeah, okay, theologically, right? God loves the world, right? John three sixteen Sunday school answer for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. No problem believing that theologically. No problem applying it to anybody and everybody else, right? God loves you. We say it at the end of the service for weeks and months and years, so people quote it back to us. Jesus loves you, and so does Heidi and I, you know? We say this over and over again. And I'm like, I believe it here, but have you ever driven from Pullman to Colfax, right? Or Colfax to Pullman, especially after a long drive? Have you ever noticed how that distance seems to change? Yeah. It's like... One day it's like five miles and the next day it's 27 miles. And like, you're like, you look at the clock and one day it takes you 10 minutes and the next day you're like, why am I 45 minutes still in the car to get to Colfax? I don't understand. It's a, it's a vortex. And there's a vortex that's between our head and our heart, this distance. It sometimes takes a very, very long time from the things that we know here, the things I know, to become things that are in my heart. And I also think that because I know what I know and I've seen what I've seen 
and I've been more formed by my family of origin and my culture that there are calluses on my heart. There's all these hardened places that are there to protect me and to keep me safe. And then when God speaks a word like, I am particularly fond of you, it hits it and kind of bounces and rolls off. It's like it is hitting a brick wall. And it's almost painful. And each of us have those places of calluses in our hearts so that these messages have a hard time going from this theological idea to this is the truth in my heart that God really does love me. When I was a kid, my parents, uh, we were going to a beach vacation. And I don't know why, but they decided that your feet are probably one of the most important aspects of your body when you go to the beach. And everybody's going to be looking at the bottoms of your feet. And so they bought this weird cream stuff that we all squirted on our feet and rubbed it. And then all of this dead skin started coming off. And it's like, this is disgusting, gross. And it just... And it, it wore the calluses away. And I feel like that's what God has been doing for me. How is God saving me right now? God is saving me right now by wearing away the callus in my heart and allowing me to begin to understand really for me that God loves me specifically. Out of all the people in the whole world, God is specifically fond of me. And he's specifically fond of you. So how is that happening for me? How is God doing this in me? And I think it's a number of ways. And I just got to, he's chipping away at the calluses in my heart, first and foremost. And I, and I know this is like almost a Sunday school answer as well. It's through scripture. And it's not that I like reading the Bible all the time. And it's not that I'm even always in a place where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be digging into the word and reading my Bible every night and every morning. And it's, ha- it's not like that. It's more like, when I was in, in Sunday school, I was singing songs that were teaching me scripture. It's more like as an adult, I learned worship music that is written directly from Psalms and it's there. It's more like I sat down and memorized whole sections of scripture and now they're in my head. And so when I look out at the world and when I see what's going on around me, God speaks through that scripture so that I can understand what he's trying to say to me. Bible passages come to mind and inform my experience. So in one sense, God is saving me right now, specifically by using some very particular scriptures as I look at the world, which is the second thing, is nature. Uh, this guy, Augustine, he lived hundreds of years ago. He was, he, was, uh, he was not a Christian, and he was a drunk and a womanizer, and he was a terrible person, and God rescued him out of that, and he became one of the, they call him the doctors of the church. Uh, and then later he still kind of hated women. So not all good, but there's some really good stuff in this guy too. Cause he said things like this. He said, if you really want to know that God loves you, all you have to do is look up. All you have to do is look up at the creation around you. Look up at the stars in the sky at night. Look up at the, 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 the galaxies, and all the things that we can see out there. And he says, and then just look down. Look at, look at the birds of the air. Look at the creatures on the ground. Look at the people around you and see God's goodness. Creation cries out about the goodness of God and his love for us. He filled the whole universe with good things, and yet God loves you and regards you as even more precious than any of these. He made people in his image. Therefore, it's amazing to consider that for as much care as went into all of this beautiful creation, even more care went into you. So at night, I sit out with Heidi, and we look up at the stars. We lay back in our zero-gravity chairs, and it's almost like floating. And you look up at the night sky, and you see 
God's creation on display. One night we sat there and all of a sudden streaking across the sky from one end to the other was this shooting star, unlike anything we've ever seen before, with a fiery red tail behind it. And then it fizzled into stardust. It was magnificent and beautiful. If you go online and you look up the new space telescope that we launched, it's taking pictures of light that was created a billion years ago. You can't even get your brain around this. And you're looking in not just into, into another star system. You're looking into another universe, universe upon universe with galaxies upon galaxies spinning around one another. And you can feel so tiny and so small and so insignificant. And yet the Psalms speak to it. Psalm 8, 4 through 7 says, When we see your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars that you have set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Yet you've made him a little bit less than a god. You've crowned him with glory and honor, and you've given him rule over the works of your hand, and you've put all things under his feet. You look out at creation, and you see the magnificence of what God created and understand that God created you and created me with even more care and intention than galaxies that are casting light on us from a billion years ago. Sunsets. Heidi and I keep going out and looking at the sunset. Sunsets are one of those crazy things. It's not like an ice cream cone, right? You get an ice cream cone and you're like, this is amazing, I want another one. But at some point you can't eat anymore, right? But sunsets aren't like that. You go out and you see the most amazing sunset you've ever seen in your life and you think you can't get any better than this, but I'm gonna go find out tomorrow, make sure, because the next one, is just as good. It's like, God, go, we go to bed every night and God gets to work putting together colors that we haven't imagined before. And he creates these magnificent sunsets for us to come and see colors that can't be approved upon. And when I look at those things and how much intention and design goes into just even a sunset, Psalm 139 comes to mind. How precious are your thoughts? You see me and all that I do. I can't get away from your presence You know every thought that I had. You see when I get up and you see when I go to bed. And I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How precious are your thoughts about me, the psalmist says. It's not about how precious are your thoughts about humanity. It's about me. God creates this magnificent work of art for all of us. And yet me, he sees specifically and knows. Bird watching. The birds speak to me about God's glory. We have fat Frank that lives in our backyard on our birdhouse. He's a little uh, house sparrow. He's the fattest house sparrow you'll ever meet in your entire life. And he sits on his birdhouse and he makes all kinds of ruckus looking for a girl who never seems to come. He sits out there. We have, we have these goldfinches that are up in the trees. I realized this morning, Heidi's like, I don't like those birds. I'm like, why don't you like them? I realized they sound like dogs squeak to us. Really irritating. I love them. Uh, They're just out there, these little wonderful bits of creation. We have the warblers that sing their beautiful song, the black and yellow oriole perched on their rushes. Heidi shared with us from the book of Matthew where Jesus says, consider the birds. And she talks about, you know, the science of like actually contemplating that Jesus is maybe actually literally telling us to consider the birds because what it does in our hearts. But I realized the continuation of that story is not just consider the birds. He says this, consider the birds... Because God cares for you much more than these. He doesn't say God cares for humans. God cares for our children's Sunday school class. God cares for our church. God cares for the United States. God cares for, you know, he doesn't say that. He says he cares for you specifically, individually, 
much more than all of these. God cares for you. So it seems really audacious for me to say this, and the calluses on my heart fight it, and my whole upbringing that tells me that God loves everybody but some people more, all of that stuff, it all fights against this. So it seems absolutely crazy to say it, but I am more wonderful than a sunset. I'm more spectacular than a shooting star. I'm more delightful than a bird. And when I watch these created things, I realize that God is watching me and looking at me with the same delight. Not looking upon my brokenness, not looking upon the ways that I fail, not looking at the ways that I don't measure up to my own expectations or the expectations of others. He sees me and he says, I am particularly fond of you. Lastly, community. When I see how much God cares for you, when I see that Jesus says, I love you, and he means it, and he shows up in your, in your pain, and when he is blessing your work, and when he's healing your hurts, and when he's lifting your weary heads, and when he's working away at the calluses in your heart, I can't help but think, yeah, maybe he's doing that in me too. Maybe he loves me as he, much as he loves them. And that's the beauty of coming together like this with little kids and with big kids, and you know, I'm putting myself, she said I wasn't a kid, I am too. Uh, just a little older than some other kids. God loves each of us individually. And when I see that love for you, I can maybe begin to turn it around and believe it for myself. So God is working in me and saving me right now through all of these wondrous things around me and you to learn that, yes, it's not just theologically true. It's not just mentally true. It's not just a scripture that was written a thousand years ago, but Jesus really does love me. And he loves you. A song just came to mind that we used to sing when I was a kid. And it goes, oh, how he loves you and me. That's all it was. Man, I never even learned it. You know, I sang it, but I never understood it. But now God is speaking that into me. And that's how he's saving me. So I wanted to give you a minute to think. How is God saving you? What do you need saving from? What are the calluses on your heart that God is approaching and tenderly rubbing away and, and knocking on that door? What, what places of stone are in your heart that God wants to give you a heart of flesh? Do you believe that God really loves you? You, personally, not just us. We're going to just take a minute. She's going to pass around things you can write. You can write down things. You can think about it, whatever you want to do. But I'll just give you a minute, and we're going to close in prayer. And uh, it took me less than 18 minutes to do that. And we're going to go home to our air conditioning or not. And, uh, yeah. So, and your pool. Exactly. So let's just take a minute of, of silence and, and ponder that. How is God saving you right now?